number my uh, volume up here Tommy okay are we recording so uh, for all of you that join us on a regular basis we had a technical glitch last week in our sound and so we need to have some of you or any of you on Facebook shoot us a little message and tell us whether or not you can hear us Tommy is trying to monitor that in the sound booth. We think YouTube was okay, but Facebook definitely was not. Correct. And there was no sound, right, through mm-hmm. the whole show. And so anybody that can help us out and shoot us a text on Facebook saying right now whether or not you can hear us correctly, that would be wonderful. Tommy, are you hearing us? I'm not seeing her just yet. I don't know. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Well, we will try that again. So we'll make sure. So we will. So that doesn't happen around here very often that we have any glitches in our technical stuff unless we've got hit by lightning. You got it now? Okay, we got it. All right. So um, we should be okay. But if there's any problems with sound, somebody please let us know. I think it's all good. I think it's all good. Thanks, Tommy. You're all looking good. All right. Thank Thank you. We started a new series last week. And so because nobody could hear it and we got so many texts, you did. (laughs) I got a few, but we got, you got a lot of uh, what happened. We couldn't, we could see it, but we couldn't hear it. And so we're going to kind of do some of the same things we were talking about because in order to do this series, we got to have a foundation for that Absolutely. topic, don't you think? I do think that. So what is our topic, Dr. Angel? <laughs> and that's Dr. Angel Fazzoni, PhD, licensed mental health counselor. There she is. I am here live and in person. And our topic is using our words. Using our words. Okay. I remember the first time I heard that, that phrase was a few years ago with some of my grandkids and the parents would say, you your words use your words you know like trying to get them to instead of just crying and and being upset about something mm-hmm. to actually say what it was that was wrong right oh sure and yes. that, I, that's kind of a newer phrase don't you think i mean you know it is kind of a newer phrase i think but you know you know as a parent especially with a young baby you know all they're doing is either crying or <laughs> right. you know having an emotional meltdown and, and right. a parent, you're trying to figure out are they hungry are they tired do they need you know what do they need are they exactly. in pain like, yeah you know so once we teach our kids their words we need them to use them so we can help them right when something's going wrong and so that's an important thing we want to teach our skill you know to teach our kids but as adults we kind of stop using our words aha uh-huh. and that's what we're going to talk about to communicate when things yes. are wrong right yes and we're going to talk about why that is um, because pressure happens in, in adults, in, in teens. Teens especially are famous for this, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they've got something going on at school. They feel pressure, whatever. They clam up, and they don't tell the parents. The parents are going, what is going on? You're not the same. You're upset. You're angry. We can tell. Now I'm fine. Or just they don't answer at all. Yes. That's a typical teen response, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, you having had three teenage boys at the same time understand that concept, right? Oh, yes. Uh, so anyway, it, it is a common problem with people. And as they grow older, they tend to use less words in a lot of circumstances. Not everybody. Not everybody's no, not like everybody. that. We've got some people that that we know that are very verbose, so to yes. speak. You know, they're wordy. They talk. You know, they let it out what they're feeling. But there's an awful lot of people that struggle with that, Dr. Angel. Why is that so? Why is that so? Well, you know, we we talked about this a little bit last week, but I think there's this thought. We talked, but they didn't hear. They did not hear. So (laughs) we were using our words. We were were using our words, but evidently (laughs) it was silent transmission. Go ahead. No, but, you know, we kind of get this underlying belief that people closest to us should just know. Right. 
Yeah. We should just be able to read our mind. If they love us, they'll just know. Right. And I think that 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 really starts a lot in those teen years a lot of times. I think up until those early teen years, kids kind of tell you what's going on. Oh, yes. They're a lot more verbal. and and But when those teen years come, they start clamming up. And let's just start this, this show talking about teens. And why is that? Why do teens do that? Because I'm a grandparent of many, uh, many of these teens. And you have had kids recently in that age group. And so you've experienced it. I have, too. Sure. Okay, so... When, we, when our teens are kind of clamming up, it's usually they're clamming up with the adults. Right. And they're Not using, with their friends. They're using their words with their friends. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and that's kind of part of their, their developmental course. Like teens are supposed to be kind of pulling away from their parental figures and leaning more into their peers, which sure. is why peers are so important for teens. And so as parents, they, they're very confused because they, they don't get the communication. So they do not know a lot that's going on in their lives. So their right. kids might be going through heartbreak or worrying about grades or, you know, Know, getting bullied and they have no idea you know and this is a, a major problem it really is in a lot of homes don't you think mm-hmm. uh, because we hear about it you hear about it in counseling we hear about it in people we know that not knowing what's going on in that teen's life causes the parent not to know how to help them really right or right and they just know something's wrong because you you know that they might get more quiet or hide out in their room more or you know right sneakier on the phone or something so you know, something's off but they have no clue what that is and then the, like the worst case always runs through parents mind like oh my gosh you know are they hurt are they using drugs or alcohol right. are they pregnant are they I don't know fill in the blank with all those fears that parents can have. Well, one of the things that helps this situation in this day and age is the communication online between teachers and parents. Right. And back when my kids were in school, they we didn't have anything like that. You know, the only time we knew what the how the kid was doing was when they came home with a report card, quote unquote, an actual little piece of paper card. Right. right? A card. A, A card. Right. So long ago, report cards. And now everything is online. So it does somewhat facilitate the parent communicating with the teacher. And that's good for, like, educational-based things. Right. But in our teens' world, there can be all kinds of stuff going Exactly. On. Yeah. You know, and I've dealt, you know, with parents who had teens using steroids, and they had no idea this was happening. Right. Or, you know, a teen hiding a pregnancy, and they didn't know till literally the teen had the baby that oh, she was yes, pregnant. Yes. Like, And they're like, how could we have not known? How, how did we not know this? Like, they blame themselves. But teens are really good about... Uh, uh, kind of sneaking in and then sneaking out and and then wearing big clothes, for instance, in a pregnancy situation and hiding. I can see how that could happen. Well, that kind of stuff happens more frequently than you think. Like they are, they do, and they are not using their words with their parents. And then it leaves parents feeling really uh, left in the dark. Left in the dark, frustrated. How do I communicate with my teen? What do, How do I, I do? Help them? How and do then, I help them? Yeah. And then if they find out it's this big thing, like, you Some know. major. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, my kid's using drugs or steroids or they're pregnant or they're whatever. X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. Like, then they feel they blame themselves. They feel right. like they're bad parents. I should have known. They get embarrassed. They don't want people in their social circle to know. Right. Like, so it causes this huge multifaceted problem. So that's an interesting way to start this show because I think from there a lot of teens grow into young adults and they have been used to not really talking much. And suddenly they find a romantic relationship, let's say, or they get into the workforce and they don't really communicate much like they should, except by typing, right? True. Yes. So we are losing the, the art of conversation, especially right. in our, our younger generations. Um, it's not something they've had to practice as much because of the electronic technology. So they are much more comfortable with texting um, than even talking on the phone. Oh, yeah, they don't even want to talk on the phone. Mm -hmm. Texting is like, that's the way to go, right? It's the only way to go for someone. But the problem with texting is (laughs) that you can't really tell the tone 
of a conversation very well, right? Not at all. It is the least effective communication we can give. So, you know, we've talked about the wheel of communication. Words are 7% of our whole message we send. Okay. So when we communicate in writing, text, email, letters, we're giving them a 7%. Like seven percent is not acceptable in any. So uh, tell, we did mention this last week, but it bears repeating. What's the ninety-three percent composed? So the of? other ninety-three percent is compro- composed of our our pair language, which is our tone, our inflections on the words, and then our body language. Our body language too shows a lot, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. When a teen stomps out of the room, you know, but won't say anything, but he throws something or he, yeah he or she stomps out and slams her door. You have an idea. There's something going you on. You know, there. there's a lot. Well, <laughs> right. So, you know, and now I'm, I can hear listeners going, wait, Dr. Angel, you just said use your words, but then you just said words are only 7% of what we communicate. Right. So would you clear that up? Because I was getting ready to ask you that question. No, that's okay. Because it kind of sounds like um, it's, but it's part of the whole communication. And so what happens is, is when people are communicating and effectively they have a, uh, body language that demonstrates one message, but they're wanting the other person to fill in the blank and guess what's under that body language. Okay, so why do people want people to guess? Why is it that this kind of, I call it game playing, frankly. It really is. Uh, Why does this go on with so many people? And this is one reason we're going to do this series, because the goal of the series is to help people communicate better in not only their home relationships with their kids and their parents and family and maybe at work, but also in their primary intimate relationship because so many people are bogged down by lack of communication in that relationship, mm-hmm. right? So Absolutely. that's why we want to do this. So back to whatever it was you were talking about. <laughs> no, so, but, you know, when we see someone, you know, acting, you know, they're moving around and we could tell they're obviously something's wrong. Right. Well, there could be a hundred things under what right. is obviously wrong. And when the obvious is never obvious because Pete, we all see and view our world through our own filters of our life, our experience, we our do. beliefs, you know, what's going on in our world. And so we may have no clue of what someone else is going through. And I know you've heard this, but I have as, as pastoral counseling in, in years past that people would come in and say, I had no idea that this person was doing this, or my child was involved in drugs, or my, my child was lying to me, or stealing from me, or whatever the case may be and somehow the communication broke down a long time ago and that's really a big part of this series we got it where we really want to help people build up communication right mm-hmm. get restore maybe Absolutely. maybe restore or maybe you say well i've never been a part of a family or a, or a friend unit or a church or anything where i communicated i've always stayed to myself there are some problems with that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Major right? problems with that. Yeah. So I want to ask you a professional question because you are the resident expert. At least you tell me that all the time. I try to tell you that. Oh, Tommy's not there to verify this, but you do <laughs> tell me that you're the expert here. So because of that, I'm going to ask you this question. So for parents out there that do have some teens, let's say, or some middle schoolers that are already falling into the habit of isolation in their room, slamming the door, shutting the door, they don't come out for hours, or they take their food at dinner and go to their room and eat. What's wrong with that? Oh, yeah, that's not good. That's not healthy. And what do you do? I want you to advise these parents on how you can restore communication that's... And it needs to be restored. And so a lot of times when parents are trying to restore this, they go into kind of over trying to overtake control, which is going to get them the opposite reaction. The kid will pull away and pull back and isolate even more. So instead of going in and trying to hammer down new rules and regulations all of a sudden, we need to just stop a minute. What's the problem? We're not communicating. Let me just take this child one-on-one, on one, one parent, one child, and let's go out to lunch. Right. Have a date with them. We're just going to go talk, yeah. or we're going to walk the park, or we're going go to the beach, or we're going to go to the mall, but we're going to have some quality one-on-one time, and we're yep. just going to talk. And then we want to start setting the expectation and tone in our house that, A, we don't slam doors in our house. Mm-hmm. Like, that, should, that we don't want that in our house. So, But we can't 
put those expectations in until we go back and do some relationship building. So it, it has to do with relationship building. So I can just hear it, some of our listeners going, okay, I've got teens and they quit talking to me two years ago. And what do I do now? Is it too late to start? No, there's never too late. There's if never we have breath, too late. It is right? not too late. Okay. So to the parent out there that goes, oh my gosh, that's my kid. I can't ever find out what's going on. And I hear bits and pieces from their friends, you know. Um, and and it this can this lack of using your words, so to speak, lack of communication can cause tremendous divides in a family relationship right oh yes oh yes uh it definitely i mean it can totally break up the whole family unit and so you know if you're that parent first of all you have to take responsibility for your part of the communication breakdown with your kid and um and so letting them know like hey you know we haven't been communicating and i would love for us to fix that and i you know what can we do to fix this? Like, let's have this as a working meeting. Like, give your child a platform to, to express his or her thoughts and feelings and what what's going I, on. I like that idea of take responsibility. I believe, because, especially if the kid's a minor, the parent needs to be the one to take responsibility. But too many parents go, what is wrong with you? Yep. Why are you not talking to me? I can't believe you. Are you in trouble? Or I'm dragging you to the counselor's yeah, office. Yeah, here we go. It's accusation, judgment, sometimes not well-founded. Absolutely. And so we got to reinstate that, and we got to let them know we love them and we care, and we're not perfect, and we we want to do it better. Right. And so that goes a long way. It is humility. It is humility. But see, that opens this heart now to to your child to be receptive. And so then we kind of start talking about how do we improve this communication you know, and think, you know, having meal times together, those are important communication times of families, and they're not doing it anymore. No, they're not. That When I said that about kids taking their plate and going to the room, I think this is more common than people well, will acknowledge. Currently, from COVID, everyone's dining room tables has turned into offices it's and an school office. tables. Right, sure. So nobody's eating at their tables. Right, so... Um, and we get, that's got to stop. But it's one thing to go sit on the sofa or a TV tray with your with your True. with your meal. It's another thing to go to your door, go into your room as a teen, and yes. shut your door and lock it. Correct. And so, like meal times are really important, great communication times. It's a non-threatening time. It's a time for us to kind of come together as a family and just, hey, how's your day or what's going on? Like, open that door. Right. And so if that's the expectation, like you'll keep those lines of communication open. You have to make those, you have to make it a priority. You have to make it a priority. And from what I've heard from many parents going through this different times in their lives, it seems like the kid will a lot of times be very, very uh, secretive because they do have secrets. Well, yeah, they all have (laughs) secrets. Yeah, but I mean, things that they don't want to talk about. Sure. And so if they can build a wall, which a lot of times the parent is not smart enough or smart is not the right word, I guess, in tune. There you go. Enough to be able to go to realize a wall is being built up here where they're not talking to you anymore. Correct. Well, and so there's a lot of things that we need to do to kind of help with that. First of all, our kids are not going to tell their parents everything. It's rare for kids to have that type of oh, relationship yeah. with oh, their yeah. parents. They're not, they're not and going it's to. okay. We don't want to expect that. That's not exactly. healthy or normal. Um, we want our kids to be able to communicate with us, that we want to be that safe place. We want them to know we have an open door. We want them to know. To, but we also want to be able to provide them with other safe adults that they can go to when they need to for help. And that's really good. That is very good. Any suggestions on that? Sure. Like connecting your kids in with like close family friends or leadership in like whatever. Youth group, a church, if you do that. Clubs, you know, um, having mentor, adult mentors that you can trust. Like, so they have other adult resources. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and a lot of parents take offense to that. Oh, they'll go talk to them about them, but not me. You be happy they're talking to an adult. Like, that's what we want them to be able to do. And maybe they embarrassed to talk to you. Maybe they don't know how to. There's not there's a lot of things that keep, you know, teens from sharing things with their parents. And so 
Um, but we want to keep the line of communication and we want them to have other safe resources. Oh, absolutely. In this day and age with COVID, uh, there's been some degree of separation, kids not seeing their grandparents or ex- extended family. And then there are some, some co- communities and cultures in our nation where everybody lives in the same house. Sure. Right? And so sometimes kids will find they can talk to more, better to their grandpa. You oh, know, absolutely. Yeah. Or, or their uncle or somebody that they relate to. Um, and, and as parents, we need to not be threatened by that. No, we need to embrace that. We need to embrace that, right? You know, and if we want to open the lines of communication up with our teens, we have to be willing to get into the world a little bit. Yeah. What are they interested in? What do they like doing? You know, parents, almost every parent I work with expects that child to get into the parent's world. Hmm. But it's the parent's responsibility to get into the child's world. Expect the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if the parent enjoys watching sports, per se, they expect that kid to to come in and enjoy that activity with them. This kid might be a video gamer. and But the parent, oh, I'm not touching video games. Those things are dumb or da-da-da-da. You just go sit in there with them. Just, just sit in go there. Go watch them do it. And watch them. Let them yes. show you what they're doing. Yeah. Trust me, you will get done communication. That. I have done that with some of my grandsons, and it's quite enlightening. <laughs> you, and you get good communication when you, you get do. in their world. You do, you do, you do. And be, because of that, what, what we're talking about here tonight, and we, you know, we these are wing it shows. We just, <laughs> as we start talking. So the, as we are doing this show tonight, we're just kind of talking about family dynamics, which is fine. Let's just go with that because it's that's where we're at. Um, but it's been my experience that so often kids cannot, they don't know what to talk to their parents about. They don't want to reveal secrets, but they also don't know what. So you have to create a common interest in the home. Sure. Okay. And, and so I'll just give you this personal example. After my divorce, my kids were 6, 8, and 10, two boys and a girl. And um, we watched baseball a lot, and we watched basketball a lot. But one day, my oldest, Ryan, said, you know, I want to start watching some football, you know? And I said, yeah, let's do that. So it wasn't something that I had. Now I love football. It's probably my favorite sport now. But I don't know. Next to baseball, I'm not sure. They're kind of even. But I remember a conscious decision of saying, okay, we're going to do this as a family. We're going to sit down. We're going to watch a game. And you guys are going to teach me. You know, all that you know about football, you know, and that's kind of how it started. And they were young, you know, mm-hmm. but it started that way. And still they have memories of snacks they would feed me when I was in my recliner. When we were watching football games, they, they still have memories. And they go, remember when my oldest son, remember when I used to make you that fudge, those fudge striped cookies and then uh, some graham crackers and then peanut butter and then this big and he can still remember us sitting there because it was a conscious effort Mm -hmm. to make a memory absolutely and that's what opens those lines of communication yes Yes. and still to this day they remember those things so and you've got some great examples with your sons and we're going to do this uh break as we always do right now if you guys have a question if there's a particular problem that you're encountering with kids or or anybody else in your life with this communication issue feel free to put it something on facebook for us and we will respond or call in 727-441-3000 and we would be happy to talk to you Let's go to break and we'll be right back. Song is brave. Amazing. Turn a phrase into a weapon or a drug. You can be the outcast to be the backlash of somebody's lack of love. Or you can start speaking up. Nothing's gonna hurt you. Sunshine State. 
Dr. Angel Falzoni specializes in a variety of therapeutic areas, including trauma, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, stress management, self-esteem, interpersonal relationships, ADHD, behavioral addictions, as well as spirituality issues. A Florida native, she holds multiple degrees, including a bachelor's in education and philosophy, a master's of arts in professional counseling and marriage and family therapy, and a PhD in psychology. Dr. Angel is also a Florida licensed mental health counselor. She has worked with youth and adolescents for 14 plus years and has worked extensively in women's mental health for the past six years. She has worked in agencies providing mental health services to family and youth at high risk. Dr. Angel is an accomplished psychotherapist who works with children, teens, adults, couples, and families. Dr. Angel has advanced training and experience in working with LGBTQ-specific individuals and issues. Dr. Angel can help you. Just call for an appointment at 727-501-6557 or online at drangelsdevelopment.com. Dr. Angel Falzoni, support for individuals, couples, and families. 727-501-6557. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is the Talk Radio Network. That song. Love that Woo! song. Start speaking up. Say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. Don't you think most people, Dr. Angel, really go through life not saying what they really want to say? Oh, my goodness. Yes, they do. <laughs> and then you know what happens is all of a sudden they'll get really mad or really angry at something. And then they'll then just it comes out. it. And yeah, then, um, there it goes. And what could have been a constructive conversation now becomes knives of words of knives <laughs> exactly uh, if you're just joining us this is the new series which we tried to begin last week using your words but we didn't have sound on facebook so we're uh going on with it but we don't have that show so we're gonna just kind of incorporate what we talked about sure. which we don't really remember so uh <laughs> we'll just go lead, you know go as it, as we go uh but anyway so with this we were talking about kids communicating mm-hmm. and i was gave the example of my kids when we started watching football together a lot besides basketball and baseball but i can remember when we've done series on teens because we've been doing the show now for we're in our seventh year right mm-hmm. and you talked about as a single parent and maybe when you were still married i don't know but game night Oh, yes. Uh, game night. That was uh, something really fun we incorporated. Um, and we would we carved out, you know, a Sunday afternoon for like two or three hours and played all kinds of random games. Or we would even take uh, this was a really fun way of getting chores done on a Saturday morning. And when the kids were teens is I'd, I'd write a list of all the different chores that had to get done. And we would play video games for chores. So I was getting in my kids world of video games and I am not a gamer, by the way. So I did lose a lot. And so the loser always got the worst chore. <laughs> oh. But everybody had to do a chore depending on what order you came in and on the video game or whatever game we were okay. playing. That's cool. And it was so much fun and buy in and, oh, and we had a great. good time with it yeah that's great and and that actually gives them a say so in a way mm-hmm. you know um, yeah, yeah competition is a great way to get to kids don't you think oh yeah I, I i just think that's you know uh with when my kids were little we were living in indiana so we had a basketball goal in the driveway and uh, also we i would always hit balls to them it for the they would be way out across the street in a vacant lot and you know and competition do mm-hmm. that as a competition and who could score the you know whoever would catch how many in a row and all that kind of stuff sure what does that kind of thing do as far as parent 
child or parent well, you know, really, relationship. It opens the doors for quality communication and those kinds of things, especially when you're putting yourself on an equal playing field with okay. them in this game and activity like chores. That was a completely equal playing field. I could have had the easiest chore. I could have had the worst one. I was in it with them. Oh, that's good. You know, and so that, you know, it opens that door of, you know, of trust and communication. Okay. It also creates memories. Oh, well, it creates great memories. And your kids are younger than mine. So, but we still, I still have my kids, even though they're in their 40s now, being able to remember, oh, remember when that happened, we were doing that competition, whatever a case may be, right? Um, and I, and that's, isn't that the goal of establishing communication is creating memories that they're going to talk about 30 years from now. Absolutely. Mom, remember when you, right? You know, yes. right. Um, And and just those things that, that cause them to have stories to pass down to their kids. Sure. Because my kids love sitting around the table with a bunch of us and then they're telling what their brother did or, or this memory they had and the kids are going, really, you did that? And, it's creating that bond, that family bond. It sure does. And like that's an important so as our kids get become teens, like we get less and less quality time we do. with them yeah. that we need to carve that out and prioritize it. It lets them know they're important, their world is important, we care, we want we're there to help them work through problems. And as parents, we gotta take the responsibility for setting that stage. Right. And, you know, every once in a while you watch a movie where there's, a, say, an Italian family. I have to pick on Italian because that's who you are, Falzoni. But uh, <laughs> where the, the grandmother always has Sunday dinner sure. or always has, you know, once a month they all come for a picnic or whatever the case may be. These are traditions. Traditions help communication. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's funny because, yes, my kids are, uh, they're all grown. They're all adults. Wow, I'm a mother of all adult children. Um, and But those traditions are still so important. I mean, I had a child halfway across the world living in Alaska right. calling up to be able to participate in certain traditions with us over the phone. Like, right. they meant that much. And, like, those are, those are the things yes. that keep you bonded as and, a family. Right. You know, no matter where time and space takes you as a family. And so. Well, Anthony Army, right? Anthony was in the uh, Army yeah. in Alaska. But yes. I remember you said that he would get be a part of things from a distance. Yes. That, that keeps that bond going, right? It sure does. I mean, we have that silly tradition between Thanksgiving and Christmas of watching a Christmas movie each night and eating some kind of. Cherry, Coke and cherries and fudge or something bad. <laughs> every single and night for a month? Every single night for a month we watch Christmas shows. Oh, my gosh. Um, and do you have, are there 30-some of those out? Yes, there are, and we only repeat one movie, and it's the Griswolds. It starts with the Griswolds and ends with, the, with Griswolds. the Griswolds. Which is but the best Christmas Anthony vacation. Anthony would call, Mom, yeah. what's the Christmas movie for tonight? So he could be watching the same one Oh, my we're gosh, watching. that's great. Yes. But see, and, and, and that is communicating at a level that everybody's having fun. It's not about talking about their problems, but it builds the need to communicate, right? The, the desire, the desire, not but need. See, you're right. So you bring up actually a really good point in how you said that because mo- a lot of times by the times our kids are teens, most of the communication is only about problems. Right. Yes. We're only communicating with the kids when they're doing something wrong. Right. 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 Like that's not communication no. at all. Right. And one we wonder why they avoid. Well, I don't want to hear all the wrong things I'm doing. Like so if that's all I can hear from you, I'm going to avoid that. So what you're talking about here is positive reinforcement, right? Sure. And, and just that. having having quality conversation. It we can do need to talk about the things that are wrong. But we also need to talk about the things that are right. And And we need to talk about the good stuff. And we need to talk about stuff that can either be good or bad. It's just stuff and fun. And we need to have those parts, too. But a lot of times it's only the we only we make it a priority when it's starting to interrupt our life. We got to make all of it a priority. It's about the relationship. Okay, so it really let's take it right back to parents who might be listening who have teens or they have younger kids or they're thinking about having kids. Mm -hmm. So this is an intentional way to live. Very purposeful. 
purposeful, mm-hmm. intentional. You you say I just I'm gonna you can decide tonight, listeners, that I'm gonna from this point on I'm gonna work on my relationship with my teens who don't talk to me or who I can tell hate me, you know, mm-hmm. or always make fun of me or whatever the case may be. Because teens are really good at that, right? Oh yes, D- you know, dismissing the parent. Oh, you stupid, you know, and yeah, you know, no, you know what they're thinking in their head. Oh right? yes, yeah, you know, they may not say it, but <laughs> we can see that it's not happy all over their bodies usually, but. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the body language speaks or their silence speaks. But what we're talking about in this series is a positive. We're trying to give positive help to our listeners to communicate better. Use your words. Use your words. Right. You know, and, the, and those words, when we're using them, we need to use them respectfully. We need to make sure we're using kind words. So like if we're angry in the moment like those aren't the words we want to be using in our conversation right no we need to cool down so like staying on the team frame like that was the expectation in our house we use our words but we use them respectfully and that means i don't get to yell at them any more than they get to yell at me like it does it's they hold for me too Oh, my, because that is so different than what many, many American households are like. Absolutely. It's, a, you know, this is my house. I pay the yeah, bills. I, I yeah, can, you can't you can't tell, you know, this is no, my no, house. Respect. As long as you're under my roof, you're going right. to. We teach people how to treat us by how we treat oh, them. Yeah. Right. Boy. So if I'm yelling and berating my teen or young adult or child or whoever, then I just taught them that's okay to communicate like that to people, and it's not. So uh, I have to lead the way, and no, I do not get to talk disrespectfully or yell or use words that are putting somebody else down. That's not how we communicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, and I just wrote it down. We treat people how to treat us by how we treat them. Right. We right? teach them how to we treat teach, us. We teach them, I mean. By yeah. how we treat we them. We teach them. Right. And and so often we are not even aware of what we're doing. We're just interacting the way, wow, it's the way my mother always acted or my dad would never put up with that, you know, that kind of thing. But, okay, times have changed since the 1950s. So well, not only that, but we want a quality relationship, but we have a lot of parents get stuck in this power. Right. This yeah. whole power dynamic. and. You can still be the authority figure. You don't have to crush your children right. to do it. Right, exactly. Um, and and because there are so many times that parents think that they have to do something, right? They have to, you know, just send a message. I got to send a message here, so I'm going to make sure they understand who the boss is, right? You know what? And it's so not even effective. I can count on one hand the number of times I've raised my voice to my kids, and I have three boys. Right. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. And each time that I did it, I went back to apologize because that was not the appropriate way to communicate with them. And I apologized, and I asked for forgiveness. Right. Now, what they did that, you know, that triggered me um, was significant and still had to be dealt with, but the way I handled it was wrong. And so... But that didn't. Don't you think it's hard for a lot of adults to apologize to their kids for oh, their behavior? Yes, I have. I have yes, <laughs> most adults do not feel like they owe their children an apology, or they should have to apologize. And it's they feel it's the other way around all the time, and it, it they go both ways. Yeah, and and it, I think it's that pride thing. We we talked about humility a moment ago. Mm-hmm. I think when we are learning to use our words with our children. Yes, there is respect needed, and we need to teach that concept. But too many people do it with an arrogance, and all it does is alienate the kid. Do you want to amplify on that? Well, sure, and that's what's important with in combination of a word is the tone and the voice that we're using. So, um, and we can cause so much alienation and damage. And you know, and we talk about you know, words can be so cutting. They can be like knives. I mean, mm-hmm. I literally counsel adults that are in their forties, fifties, and sixties that can remember the words their parents said to them when they were six and seven years old, like it was yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. Do they you know, hear that I, voice in their head over and over? You'll never amount to nothing. You'll never. You can't do anything right. It's that's very common problem. Mm-hmm. 
in the pastoral counseling I've done through the years, uh, a lot of times people are, say, they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, like you're talking, and yet there's still these deep scars, these deep wounds. Yes. And as we do the series, using learning to use your words, it has everything to to do with how to get along with people. Oh, yeah. That's kind of what we're talking about. And I, that's just like a... Light bulb. Well, it's getting That's long. what I'm it's, beginning it's... to realize because we don't plan these things, nope. so we don't know how it's going to go. But I think that we need to learn how to get along with our children, the people that we live with, the people that we work with, the people that we are in love with, all that stuff. Go ahead. No, I mean, that's about experiencing healthy relationships. Right. We don't have one-sided relationships, and I think in the parenting world, I think a lot of parents put themselves as their the rules only apply to the kids and they do not apply back to me so uh, they have to give me the respect i don't have to give them respect you know, like no like it's okay is... how do you define respect sure when i'm looking at respect that i am looking at that i am not putting somebody else down that i am using um not raising my voice i am not uh using anger postures i am listening when they what's are what's an talking. anger posture a slamming a door, you know, even crinolinching your fist, like those are anger slamming your fist out, yeah. yeah, hitting the right. table. Um, that I am using, I'm listening. I'm not over talking the other person. So when they're talking, I oh, stop. Oh my gosh, that's huge. Oh, absolutely. Too many people have grown up in homes where, as kids or teens, they were they were always talked over. Oh yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the dad or the mom, whoever was a screamer or uh, you're going to listen here. So no wonder they want to escape to their friends. No wonder they don't want to sit down and have a conversation with you. They're not feeling heard. In fact, I know I've told this story on the radio before, but um, it it goes really good here because there's a respectful way to even handle when a a child and you are having a disagreement that can be very productive. And so. Um, my middle child, when he was about 15, he wanted to do something that I told him, no, absolutely no, you can't have permission to do this. And so he went to his room and a day later he says, mom, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, sure. Completely respectful tone. He presented me with a very well planned out PowerPoint presentation (laughs) of what this means to him and why he thinks he should have this opportunity. He never raised his voice. He was respectful. He had a very well thought out argument that even caused me to reconsider my decision and let him do it. (laughs) That's great. But there was no yelling. There was no screaming. There was no arguing. Like it was. But you set the platform for that to happen because you just said no. And you did not lecture. No. Nope. You're not a lecturer. No, I'm not. Um, you're a teacher, but you're not a lecturer. And t- Talk about the difference between that when it comes to parenting our kids. Oh, gosh, yeah. When we try to lecture, it's when we're lecturing them, it's us telling them that we know better all the time. We know better for them. We know all the right answers. And we use a lot of cliches. I'm the parent. That's why. Or I said so. That's why. Like, that's the lecturing. So we're talking down at them when we're lecturing them. We use way more words than they can even hear us say. When we are teaching our children, we are showing and demonstrating and modeling. Oh, that's so a good. A better way to do something. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, teaching does have everything to do with modeling behavior, and that's my pen. Can you give it to me? Because I want to write that down. Uh, thank you. Uh, modeling and is, is not um, lecturing. It is not lecturing, no. Um, it is, uh, you know, the, the job of parents is to prepare your child to leave the nest. Absolutely. Right? To be a healthy, functional adult. Right. That's the job, right? And so when we are simply telling them and screaming at them and screaming at perhaps our spouse or whatever in the house, it does not show them a very good picture of marriage or uh, family life. Or how we communicate effectively or how we love and I've had per- people say, I say, you guys going to have any kids, young couple? Uh, no, no. And and sometimes they'll say the reason is we both grew up in dysfunctional homes and uh, we we just don't want to do that. Yes. And, and that always makes me wonder, why don't 
you want to try it with your own family. But a lot of times there's a lot of scarring. There's a lot of pain from childhood. Dysfunctional homes where kids grow up being we kind of touched on this last week, but we'll, we'll have to talk about it more. But in an alcoholic abusive home or a, a uh, physically abusive home or whatever the case may be, or, sure. you know, um, and and a lot of times kids just go, that just looks too hard. It's too hard for me to tr- do that. Sure. And they miss some joy in life, you know. Right, because they don't want to repeat repeat that pain cycle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I don't want to sit back here and paint this picture like that we had some you know, my kids, our family was this perfect model family. We're a family. We, I made many mistakes raising my children, but the difference was is that we could talk about those mistakes. I could admit to those mistakes. They knew my heart wasn't to do those mistakes. And so the trust factor oh, that, okay. built up. That's huge right there. The kids learn the heart of the parents. Absolutely. Okay. Now, in order for a kid to learn the heart of, of you, dear parents out there, you have to know what your heart is and keep practicing that and that's right and showing and putting your heart out there for in showing your kids what my heart your heart is for them well in medicine in dentistry or law you practice law you practice medicine you practice dentistry you don't have all the answers my ex-husband was a doctor in family practice and i can remember many times during the er when he was an er doc and he would say i didn't know how to do this so i went back to the room got this book sat there and read for a minute and figured out oh that's how to to handle this situation Mm -hmm. and he could admit that to me he didn't admit it to the patient you don't go i've just been up in there reading on this you know because but just that that humility of okay i'm not sure how to handle this or what you know what to do here i'm going to go seek some help Mm -hmm. there's so many people that are so prideful arrogant whatever you want to or know it all that they can't do that. And that's And that's, that's important to be able to do as a parent. The, yeah. Our kids aren't born with an instruction manual. And I mean, I know there's been many times where Your I, kids were not born with the instruction they manual? Not. They gave me one in the hospital. Well, my kids were like 10 pounds. There oh, was no room well, for an instruction manual. they were so manual. big, yeah. But so. no, I mean I, can, I mean, I know even as a parent, like there's been times where I've run into a situation where I wasn't sure what, how to handle it or if I what I did was okay or right. I've called you and bounced something. Yeah. I've called other people that I respected because that's... Because I love and cared for my kids enough to want to correct to something right. I did yeah. wrong right. or to make sure that, you know, I'm helping and, and moving forward positively. But that takes a lot of ability to admit I don't know it all as okay. a parent. Okay, so we've got like six minutes left. So okay. let's, okay, we <laughs> this show did not go any direction that I thought it was going to go. All right. But I think this is extremely important show, especially let's say there's people out there and their kids are real little. That's OK. Sure. Learn these things now. Take notes. Go back and watch this on Facebook or YouTube uh, dot com. Go to YouTube and then you can go to Tantalk Radio slash and the name of the show, Go Yard, and listen and listen and listen. So the points, the, the really important points, okay, let's call, respect is one. Mm-hmm. You have to, if you expect respect from your kids, you must respect your kids. Absolutely. Okay? And that means sometimes their opinion may not be what is your opinion. No, and it's okay for us to have a different opinion. We need to do it and respectfully. I've known parents who said, Oh yeah, you no, you can't buy you can't get that kind of ice cream. We'll you you'll like this better. This is the ice cream you're going to get tonight. Th- that's it. You're getting that. Well, I, I I'd like to try that blue stuff. No, uh-uh. No, you're not. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Amplify on that. Sure. You know, there's parents who um, you know, act like they're going to give their ch- you know, their children a freedom and a choice or an option and then they strip it back away and over you know, over submit their authority on their kids. And like, you know, that's really important to let our kids have the voice and the things we're giving them the voice for. I mean, I can remember watching a parent would tell his kid, tell his kid, do you want milk or juice? And the kid would be like, oh, I want juice. And he's like, you're getting milk. Well, why did you even ask him what he wanted? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it in restaurants. You don't even give them the choice if they really don't have a choice. But we need to, part of teaching our kids how to make good choices is giving them opportunities to make choices. Exactly. That's an adult skill. Yeah. And so we need to, when we're using our words, we need to say what we mean and mean what we say. Exactly. The end of the line. 
Um, we'd like to hear from you listeners on topics uh, under under this major topic we are starting now, using your words. Any kind of situations you'd like to hear addressed or questions specifically that you have, you can do that on Facebook. Uh, because so many people listen to the show after it's live. I mean, it's later during the week, and we have a lot of listeners, and that is great. And so feel free to just put it right there on Facebook, and we'll get get around to answering that. Or you might say, I'd like you to address this situation. So because you were here and participated in the show tonight— how would you like to sum it up? <laughs> I'm glad I was here. I'm uh, glad you, you glad acknowledged my body was. Yeah, in the I'm room so tonight. glad you were here, Doctor Angel. Because yes, Tommy. Otherwise, it would have been Tommy and I in here doing the show. So, <laughs> well, you know, we're talking about using our words, and using our words is an important part of communication. And when we talk about using our words, we're talking about using our words in a respectful way, no matter who we're talking to—from our children to our friends to our coworkers to our peers to our parents, whoever we're to our lovers. We need to be respectful. We use we need to use a respectful tone of voice we need to listen we need to communicate honestly right and we need to leave those doors of communication open and i don't think you should wait till you have teenagers to start treating your children at a young age with yes giving them choices Mm -hmm. and so forth if it's a real choice give it to them but listen to them and and try to try to understand what they're saying and a lot of times when they're three they don't make much sense and they can't say much but you still are communicating on their level trying your best to start out that that way and you know what no matter what age your your child is no doesn't matter get in the world right get in their worlds yeah i've got almost 14 grandkids and i well, i do have 14 the baby's in utero but we've got a one-year-old a two-year-old a three-year-old and a four-year-old right now and a six-year-old so there are that that there's that those times where parents are struggling that they kids they power struggle. They oh, do all yes. kinds of things. Even if they're one, two, three, four, five, they are. They're really testing you, and they're. That's, so it's a good time to set parameters, set boundaries. We talk about that a lot on this show. Finish your. But finish it's a your. Great time follow. to open the lines of communication. Yes. It's never too early. Yes. It's never too late. If we haven't been doing it, let's start doing it now. Start doing it. Take responsibility. Set up. Um, go take that your child or your loved one out for some special alone time and open that door of communication. And listen to this show again because you will find a lot of truth there. We hope you'll join us again next week for Go Yard. As always, we love being with you, and we love to have their questions, don't we? Yes, we we do. You can actually email us if that's easier, goyard2014 at gmail.com. Go to our website, goyard2014.org. Listen to some of the pre-recorded shows there. And uh, get a, uh, find them on Facebook. We've got a lot of them on Facebook now, YouTube. And uh, we're just really glad to hear from all of you. Suggestions that you'd like us to talk about under this topic, using your words. And this has been Who Are You Anyway? I'm Dr. Angel. Oh, are you sure you are? I'm sure. Okay. She had to present an ID to get in tonight, Tommy. And I am Mama Mac, and this is Go Yard, and we'll see you next week. Good night. See ya. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.